go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. You are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadu, and I've got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Too Slim and the Tail Draggers. They got a brand new release out, their live album, and we'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Too Slim at the top of the hour. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and so much more. And you can vote in the Independent Blues Awards. In the meantime, I've got some great new music and some great new artists I can't wait to introduce you to. And of course, I aim to misbehave.
the hole
St. Patrick's Day
Like a blind man trying to find my way Need someone to tell me why Someone to tell me why she left And where she is tonight And will she come back to me
nice weekend Just for me and you Lord, I can't believe it You showed up with a dude Let me go I ain't taking it no more Let me go yeah. Cause I'm not taking it no more
Well, I'm a digging up out of this hole. I'm digging, I'm digging 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 out of this hole
so bad that don't feel right To have that life, man, what I wouldn't give I ain't looking for trouble, trouble know where I live Used to travel far to make a name for myself Now my reputation don't need no more help To have that life, man, what I wouldn't give
gonna rock the shade Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Too Slim and the Tail Draggers. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
Draggers from their brand new release, their live album. And we've got Tim Langford on the line right now. Hey, Tim, how are you? I am doing good, Richard. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a while since we talked last. Uh, what you been up to? Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, I've been playing gigs this, su- this summer, so that's good. <laughs> um, we just got done with a uh, you know, a couple week run, I guess, two and a half weeks or something like that. And, um, so at least uh, we got a semi-busy schedule this year. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. a good thing. Yeah. Uh, considering what we've been through over the last three years, it's, you know, it's good to get back out on the road. It sure is. So, yeah, I let's, think people are ready. Yeah, yeah hopefully. You know, uh, let's at least start off by giving our fans out there this opportunity to kind of really get to know who you are. Uh, give us the story of Tim, Tim Langford and of Too Slim and the Tail Draggers. A story, like, uh, about anything or what? <laughs> yeah, just basically how you got started in music and how the band got together and, and you know, just oh, basically okay. your story. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I started the band back in 1986, actually. So it's been a long time now. And uh, I I started the band to um, so I could play. I wanted to play blues and I wanted to play original music. And um, that was the concept of when I started the band. So it was just all about you know, doing what I wanted to do, playing some original, I wanted to write original blues-based, or blues-influenced music, I guess, so, um, and, um, so, yeah, it's been plugging away all these years, Uh, my original guys were um, John Cage and Tom Brim, and they stayed with me for, like, 20-some years until I wore them out, and um, so you know, had some a few personnel changes over the years, and um, just trying to keep the whole ball rolling, writing songs and putting out albums. You know, every couple of years, if possible, occasional live albums, which we got now. So, so okay. it's been a journey. It's been a great, 
great, you know, it's been a great journey of uh, learning the ropes and some of them the hard way. <laughs> well, let's talk about this new release. What was the um, the idea behind putting out a live album? What was your, your goal for this? Well, I had, I have a whole bunch of live recordings of Too Slim and the Tail Draggers over the years. And um, I, when COVID hit, I kind of started digging through a lot of the live material that I had. And I actually put out, um, I found a, a particular recording that I put out uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, it was uh, Too Slim and the Tail Draggers from 2003 um, recording that I found. It was live at the Domino Room. And I just kind of wanted to do it as uh, I wasn't really going to re- do a full release on it or anything like that. I I just wanted to kind of put it out there for a, like a web thing, you know. People could order it off my website, and you know, it was kind of a special, uh, you know, I guess a you know addition just for fans of the band, people who are real hardcore fans. And um, but you know, digging through all that stuff, I did have. Um, some recordings um, that we actually had all the tracks uh, you know it was all something that we could actually take in and um, mix and um, you know make it sound real good you know because sometimes you know sometimes some of the live, the live recording I had of the Dahmer room was basically a board mix and uh, it sounded good and everything, but uh, this one, you know, at least we had the opportunity to, you know, single out the tracks and um, do a proper mix on it. And so that was, plus it was, uh, we put out our latest uh, studio album in 2020, The Remedy, and, um, you know, it was kind of tough to, we really didn't get to tour on that album very much. So um, it was, I kind of didn't really have a bunch of money and a bunch of uh, new songs and I was ready to record. So I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of, you know, put something out to, in the meantime, <laughs> and stay, kind of stay in the game there a little bit, I guess. Okay. Say. Well, let's let's talk about you as a songwriter. Um when you sit down to begin to write, what what is your process? How do you begin it? I I really don't have any set way of doing things. What I have a tendency to do is um, I'll write down phrases and uh, or I you know write down like a, I record little guitar riffs or whatever that I think are uh, you know. Rem- memorable ones right and i just kind of keep them out in a voice memos on my phone so i i when i go into write you know do an album these days i'll i'll just start digging through all that stuff and try to pick out you know things that i thought were the best of that and kind of develop it that's kind of changed from you know when i guess I used to write, you know, the way I used to write songs, because then I just actually try to just sit down and 
um, finish a whole song or something like that. But I, you know, probably had more time on my hands, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So um, it was easier to kind of, you know, get away from and let my, you know, my mind kind of go free and try to write songs that, it's, you know, this fast-paced day and age, it's hard to have any free time to sit down and try to uh, write actual songs in one setting. And, I've, I mean, I've written, a, some, I've written a lot of songs, and then I, I don't want to particularly want to repeat myself over and over again, so it gets a little bit harder to come up with the lyrics that I think are any good or anything like that or for, you know really have something to say <laughs> so um and I, I you know I mean I I just take bits and pieces from um some you know some of the some of the songs are you know tall tales or some of them you know are based in some sort of reality or so I don't I, you know I don't have um any formula per se but when I do, what I do after I get them, um, after I get a solid idea, then I go into my home studio and then start hashing it out. I usually just make, you know, demos of the songs. But luckily now, you know, I mean, my bass player, Zach's a great songwriter. He's got some great songs. So on the last album, last couple albums, he, you know, contributed songs too. So that takes a little pressure off. And uh, his writing style is, I think, very similar to mine. And uh, we do our, uh, we have a new drummer now, um, a friend of mine I've known forever. His name is uh, Chris Reeser. And he is from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And um, I've known him, I've known him my whole life, um, pretty much. And uh, he's great singer and he's, a, he's also a great songwriter so I am thinking when we go into the studio everybody's going to have some material to contribute to a, a new studio album which is great okay. not to write all the songs <laughs> <laughs> now um, you had mentioned that you, you uh, when you write you go into your home studio kind of hash things out uh, and a lot of right. songwriters have, have really embraced some of the technology that we have today, like, you know, home recording studios or cell phones. Mm -hmm. what, what's some of the, the tools that you find really um, um, Im important to you when you sit down to write? Well, um, I usually, I mean, I, I have uh, Apple computers, so I, I basically I just use GarageBand to make my demos. And I also use a, I have a drum program of real recorded drums so I can actually make realistic, you know, drum parts and stuff like that. So I go, I'll try to find, um, you know, different kinds of beats and stuff like that to try to change things up and see if I can work it into a song. Um, and I, you know, I just kind of plug in put the headphones on and build a song from kind of from the bottom up. I'll start, I'll have the idea in my head and then I just kind of try to map out a drum, um, a drum part, you know, 
then I'll go in and record a bass and a guitar part and and I usually just you know if I I usually as I'm going along I think of different things of you know what to put here what to put there put the song in some kind of a structure and so I just kind of whittle away at it till I feel like it's ready to you know present to the band um and and me and Zach um has a studio in Nashville so what we do you know we just email he has a song idea or something like that he wants me to put a part on we just email things back and forth and um you know put our ideas on it and send it back and if he likes it you know <laughs> likes what I do or I like what he does and you know it's a great way of uh collaborating and you know i don't have to be right there with them you know because okay. i live we all live in different cities I, I live i live in idaho now so um and zach lives in um tennessee and my drummer lives in alabama so <laughs> <laughs> okay um, you know <laughs> it's like yeah just like hey i'm gonna fly down for rehearsal this week you know <laughs> stuff like that so everybody's got you know, they're busy lives, too. So, I mean, thank God for technology. It's great. You know, it's that those kind of tools at your disposable are, you know, just fantastic. So, yeah. All right. Now, uh, you had mentioned about, you know, you hack it out until you're ready to give it to the band. What, what do you use as your quantifier to kind of determine when a song is ready to kind of give it to the band and, and, and allow them to kind of put their take on it? What, what's kind of your, you know, what do you use to determine that moment? Uh, I just, you know, I've, I think I've written enough songs. I just kind of think I've feel like I know when a song is presentable or not it, it you know for the most part I I've pretty much sent fairly complete songs to them right when before I you know if I write a song and you know, I haven't collaborated with anybody on it I I just send them you know what I put down and I go here you know check this out and um, then if ever, you know, I mean, I, it basically, if I like it, that's fine with me. So, if, uh, you know, unless everybody hates what I did, you know. But I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't think I usually send something that, you know, I'm not going to send something that's like, yeah, I listen to it and I go, nah, that's not a good song, right? Hmm, hmm. I mean, I, I usually narrow it down to the ones I think are the strongest or songs and stuff like that so um but you know sometimes you know when you collaborate sometimes you, you know you just send a piece of a song you know so that in the past i i was basically i think you know the most main songwriter so wasn't really like reaching out to collaborate with anybody Right. Now that I have three songwriters in the band, um, it makes it so, you know, I, I want to hear their ideas. Um, and, um, and we all, you know, I've got bits and parts and ideas for something that, you know, we might be doing next year or something. And 
and I've heard other things that they've sent, you know, over the year, the year or whatever. So, you know, I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to put out a good record in the future. But, you know, it's like also, I, you know, try not to get too locked into, like, making it, you know, it has to sound a certain way or anything like that um, because we play, we mix it up, we, we do lots of influences in our music, we've had, you know, blues, it's basically, we start with blues and add in rock elements and or Americana, um, you know, even country and jazz influences, I guess. So, you know, lately I've been, on the last couple albums in the studio, we really, I really wanted to focus on trying to do more harmony stuff with the vocals. Because we, now we have, you know, also have three lead singers in the band, so, you know, it's pretty exciting to think about. Okay, so I like I like band, I like bands that you know over the years I like harmony harmony bands although I don't think it's my forte or anything like that but um, usually you know once you sit down and come up with a melody you can think of where to put harmonies and stuff like that so having three you know singers in the band you know it makes it sound the band sound bigger than a three piece so which is great. And I've always liked three-piece bands for the most part. I've been a fan of power trios. And I try not to do, you know, a bunch of, too many overdubs because I like to be able to take a song and, you know, be able to pull it off live without, you know, if that part's missing and ain't going to work, then, you know, that's happened in the past. Too. There's lots of, lots of songs probably we've recorded over the years that, I don't really want to do them live because it's just, you know, to have a keyboard on it or something like that, you know, not really going to sound right. <laughs> so Right, right. Now, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the industry. You've been in the business a long time. You've seen a lot of changes over the years. And, you know, the, the elephant in the room here is that the consumer has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. We're not going to change right. that right now. Um, you know, it is no. it is a win win for the consumer. They, for the price of less than a CD cost, they can have access to a hundred years of music. Um, <laughs> the only problem is is that they no longer look at recorded music as a product. It's now a service. Right. Um, Right. You know, they hear about an artist, they can look them up on Spotify, they can f listen to everything that artist has done, and it doesn't cost them any extra money. Which, you know, I mean, right. I do it, you do it, everyone is, you know, is, is taking advantage of this, you know, this great time in, in music for, as a listener, mm -hmm. but it's kind of really hurting the independent artist. Um, how has this shift in uh, perception by the artist, by the consumer rather, um, affected you as an artist and in your business model? Um, mostly financially, I guess. Um, because, I mean, you know, when people had to, you know, buy your CD or your, you know, even back before CDs, cassettes or 
whatever, at least had a you know, viable product to hand them, you know. And then now, I mean, people still buy CDs. I still sell plenty of CDs at shows, you know, and stuff. But it also, you know, the music, uh, the record stores and those kind of people, you know, they're just getting cut out of the whole thing, which is, that was my favorite thing to do back when I was younger is go down to the record store and try to find that one thing that that one new thing you know dig through the records and find some un, you know some artist you never heard of and man I want to check this out right and you'd always find something but you know who does that nowadays I guess the people just go on their phone and you know but it, there, there's so much music out there on the internet it's like how do you, you know, get people to listen to you, you know, and discover you? So it's just a learning process because it's the the industry changes so much over the years. It's you know you have to kind of constantly dig in and figure something new out almost constantly. How to you know try to market it and stuff. I've done a lot of. Um, research on how to try to build up you know spotify pandora kind of audiences or amazon prime and itunes or apple music so but uh you know i think for the most part a lot of our people that come see the band they like they still like to buy a cd if you got something new out just you know i guess because they want to have it, <laughs> you know, physical copy and, you know, want you to sign it or something like that. It's kind of a souvenir. It's like buying a T-shirt or something, going to a concert. So, but uh, definitely hurt um, merchandising sales, you know, in the live situation for the most part. Although, um, you know, still do sell quite a few. Um but uh, it's not like you, you know you should get orders for the uh, distributors. You know, you know you could send, sell ten thousand CDs pretty easy when CDs were out, physical copies, which you know obviously you get way more. The artists got way more of a cut on that. But yes, the streaming thing is like you know you got to um, have a million streams to make. Two thousand dollars, you know, off of a, <laughs> of a song or something, which is I, I just think that you know, definitely the artists are not getting a fair cut. My personal opinion. Well, yeah, and I mean, let's face uh -oh. it, this is not sustainable. Um, this particular mm -hmm. business model that we're working with in the industry, because you know, it's diminishing the industry's middle class as well as hurting the recording industry as a whole because if we cannot um, recoup the investment that we make in in creating recorded music you know it's it, it's it, you know like i said it's not sustainable we we can't keep going like no. this no and that was you know one of the things too because when you know you end up spending you know ten twenty thousand dollars on a recording you know the recording studio and 
um, you're hiring a publicist and you know manufacturing the CDs and stuff like that it was you know it used to be fairly easy to recoup your money and then you could you know from the sales you'd save up enough money to do another recording and um, yeah now that you can't you know sell as many of those CDs and stuff like that it's you know way harder to recoup on a CD that's that was one of the reasons I haven't you know I, I want I really wanted to do a new I like to do a CD every two years but um, the fact that COVID hit and um, I had just recorded the remedy in 2020 and we finished it at the end of February beginning of March of 2020 and we had a great tour season set up, ready to go out and take it on the road, and then bam, you know, you got, you know, you don't have that audience to sell it to. So, you know, and then people are pretty fickle these days about new music and stuff like that. So it's not brand new. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's an old one, you know. So, you know, to be able to get out front of a live audience and try to get some new fans and people to buy your CDs is, you know, now if you don't have the live shows to do that, you know, how do you, you know, unload all those CDs, right? Right. Try to get your money back. And then certainly you're not going to get that recoupable thing, you know, with uh, streaming. I mean, the remedy on on Spotify, you know, they, they have the, you know, artists, um, Spotify for artists and stuff like that, so you can kind of track everything, but you know, it's got like almost, you know, three quarters of a million plays on it, but when you're getting point zero 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 six cents a play, <laughs> doesn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really add up to much. No. Well, so. you know, there is some new technology coming down the pike um, that I've been looking into. And one of them is this new blockchain based streaming platforms. Um, mm -hmm. Platforms like Audius, uh, Emanate, um, they are claiming they're going to pay the artists up to 90% of the incoming um, revenue back to the content creators. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's decentralized. In other words, no one company controls it. It's controlled by the network, the nodes themselves and the fans and the artists. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, we're looking towards a future possibly of the artists and fans controlling the industry rather than having large corporations and record companies. What do you think of that right. as a possibility for the future? Well, it sounds like a great concept. Um, I guess, you know, the the hard part for maybe a lot of independent artists in that, you know, in that aspect is to learn how to do the technology and how to use it and how to work it. Because that's it. I know so many musicians that... You know, don't they don't know a lot of the ins and outs of distribution and 
things like that. They, you know, want to make a record, they make a record and, and print up copies, but, you know, you have to have all these, you know, there's all these technical things that you have to know, you know, you have to make sure that you have ISRC codes on all your songs and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that because just to track them. So, but that's a whole different learning experience. It's, you know, if you're just an independent guy, and you know, you know, a lot of musicians and songwriters, they just want to, they just want to write songs and play music and get it out there. So they rely on other people to do, you know, a lot of those things for them, who know how to do it. And so, the problem with that is, and they lose more and more control of their music, and for the most part. You know, if, uh, say, you know, say like a big record company finances a record, of course, they're going to want to recoup their money. So, right. depending on how much, you know, how much money you put into it, you know, they got to get recouped before you make a dime anyway. But, I, you know, I was, I've always pretty much done my own records once they started, uh, you know, with the home recording technology and, you know, man, being able to manufacture your own CD as an independent artist and not rely on the record company, I would just, uh, you know, had my own record label and, you know, uh, researched how to do my own publishing and stuff like that so I could, you know, keep control of my stuff. I did do five records with... Uh, Burnside Records in the 90s which um, you know once you know they couldn't sustain the, the label and then they ended up selling the catalog of you know all the under under or uh, Burnside Record artists to some other company and now you know I can't even get you know CDs or anything of you know those recordings so it's they're just on, they're online. You can download them and stuff like that. But I mean, I have I still get lots of people asking about those records. You know, God, where are you gonna get a copy? It's like download it on your phone. <laughs> you know, or your All computer. Right. Well, you know, but I mean, I like to have. I I mean, I like to buy CDs still. Even even though I'll buy a CD. Even if I don't, you know, I'll obviously go in and download it on my phone or something, you know, when it's available. But I also like a lot of times I want to have the CD because I like that. That was another part of, you know, like packaging is, you know, the art and all that. Putting, you know, making an interesting looking package. So, you know, you know how it was when we were kids. You buy a record and you're oh, looking yeah. at it and see who played on it, you know, and then the pictures and you kind of get this you know thing in your head about wow this is great you know well yeah it was, it was a tactile from, experience it was something that you, you mm-hmm. actively did so it was a different listening experience altogether yeah yeah it is you know it, it it's maybe i think it created more of a mystery about an artist uh, that you know maybe 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 feel Maybe like, man, I, you know, I want to know more about these guys or whatever. Right. And uh, when you just 
got it on your phone and it just says song title it shows an album cover you know really doesn't necessarily tell you who's in the band or who plays drums or you know you kind of have to research all that in a whole different way so yep that you do I mean it, I, I love technology don't get me wrong it's like you know yeah you can't stop it that was probably one of the big mistakes that the recording industry made back in the 90s is instead of embracing that new technology they tried to you know squash it which you know which didn't work out well for them didn't work at all you know yeah so all the you know like you know company like napster or whatever you know um you know gets to make all this money off artists that they didn't have to pay for the music or you know, they just sell it. I don't, you know, sell it advertising or whatever, and people are getting all the music for free. And then, you know, somebody like, you know, big band like Metallica sues them, and everybody gets mad at Metallica, but they have every right to, you know, to be upset about it. You know, even you know, people, people are like, oh, you guys are millionaires, you know. You, Whatever, you know, but it, that's not the way it is for the, um, it, you know, up-and-coming artists. You know, have to fight for every, you know, sale they get, right? They're trying to make their way into the, you know, you know, people's minds, you know? Yeah. So. Well, but, you know, it, I, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. Uh, you guys are going to love this. This is live. This is this is raw, right out right out of the can. And uh, you know what? Turn it up loud. Screw the neighbors. We're going to have some fun.
make you shout now, honey. Gonna make you shout. Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the indie revolution. Except the guitar player I want everybody to be quiet Don't you moan, don't you whisper, don't you weep Except the guitar player Cause I'ma tell y'all about all my men Now being a divorcee ladies I said spice is the variety of life And I like a lot of variety with my spice Cause ladies, if you got a man that ain't acting right Don't take no stuff off of him, you hear me? Be like me honey I got one for each day of the week
Your man comes tipping home at four o'clock in the morning. Said he's been out down to the local club, you know, which really closes at two. Comes stepping home with lipstick stains on his collar, smelling like gin, and ain't got no money. Now, Ken, where were you until four o'clock in the morning? I ain't going for no long stories. Now, I don't believe that sh- stuff anyway. Say what? Uh-uh, honey. No, but where's the money? You ain't got no money. Well, my jaws are really tight, but girl, at four o'clock in the morning, when he starts to nibble at my ear, oh, he knows how to get to me now. When he starts to nibble at my toes, the big one, the big one, baby, the big one, oh, have mercy, and he starts to run his tongue up and down my body. Higher, 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 higher. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, stop, baby. You're at the good stuff. I gotta roll on over and let him slide on in. Cause my son demand of a star.
Playing my guitar for my blues to fade away So 
moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
gonna have to tell you twice you like to roll with a real man? Yeah, I'm a real man, baby. I ain't lying. I love this life I'm living, but I ain't afraid of dying. You can put your voodoo on me, girl. Ain't nothing I can't dodge. And just check out that Ferrari in my garage. Like to roll with a real man. thousand women who would go my bail now you might think i'm just some fool on a boat but i'm here to tell you ladies from coast to coast this ain't no rich boy talking i ain't no fortunate son but i'm sure gonna have my fun The preceding program was recorded earlier so the producer and cast didn't have to walk home in the dark.
time I looked around, my chick had an empty glass. Stalked off at a party. I thought that chick was done. But she drunk six pints of beer and two fifths of rum.
Cause I feel all alone 
tell you a little story now About something that happened a long time ago You see I was playing in this bar And I was putting on a show Tell you Something bad happened that night See these two guys Got into a, a lethal fight They were both carrying pistols Which they surely knew how to use And they were fighting over someone The girl with a broken heart tattoo both these fellas she knew exactly what they were gonna do she ended up with all of their cash and the keys to both their cars let me tell you how it went down that night in the bar well earlier on that evening I watched her preparing She looked all the fellas up and down Just to see what they were wearing Eventually she settled on these two In designer suits and shoes To tell this girl was gonna be trouble The girl with a broken heart tattoo Gave each man a chance They didn't know That girl had magic hands And all of you out there with dirty, 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 dirty minds Well, she wasn't doing exactly what you were thinking She was stealing their wallets Right in front of them Right while they were drinking And she turned them against each other With some carefully chosen words And she smoothly walked out the door With the loot stuffed in her purse Now those two cats pulled their pistols And shot each other through I never saw that woman again The girl with the broken heart
expression I could take my hand off the wheel Let me go where the wind blows Let me go with the Lord In my days of depression With my dark side devilin' down Let me go where the wind blows Let me go with the Lord you realize how could there possibly be this many blues ain't nobody Just 
That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on the show tonight. Add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor things left on with my friend. I gone, lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought somebody. I mean, found it funny. Got knocked in the head, man, by old friends Now lying here, think I'm dead Drink so long Gonna drink for the old damn time Gonna keep back in the sea Till I can handle it See, Bob
Still in the pocket all the cash, but I'm the one who leaves work the last Got to pay my bills, got my house off for sale I got nowhere, no, no feeling low, just one more round, let's go Get your body.